Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? Billy Napier bags his man as Florida gets one of the top eight quarterbacks in the country to decommit from the school that he's going to, Miami, commit to Florida. This, ready for this, is the most significant thing Billy Napier has done since beating Utah. He could win the rest of his games. This is a bigger deal. Rest of the games this season. I'm going to tell you why. Also, the Rays, the ending of a little bit of an era, right? The Rays are now rebuilding or retooling or reloading the way you want to look at it. Probably retooling is is a better term to use as Kevin Kiermaier. Option declined, and they should have at 13 plus million done. I look at the rest of this organization and where they sit today and what they're deciding to do. You know, Troy gets traded to the Pirates. They take on a guy that, I want to make sure I get this right, you know, when you make trades, sometimes the potential outweighs the present, and that's where they were with Cho because, or Choi, because the guy that they get, Sam Hartman, Tommy John surgery, was a fourth-round pick of the Pirates a couple years ago, really don't know what he can do. He's finally recovered from it, and here's a guy that was hitting into the last year of arbitration. They were going to keep him, so I'm going to look at where the Rays go from here, and also... The I-4 war, USF, UCF, you know, the eyesore on I-4. Yeah, go down a little bit farther. Or you got guys who come up a little bit closer to us where we live in Gainesville. It's where I'm at in Gainesville. And now I have the I-4, I-sore, S-O-A-R, as talks of John Gruden, talks of Scott Frost to USF. It's a big deal. Which is the better of the two? explore that as well. Remember, Harpon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network, at Harpon Sports, Twitter, at Harpon Sports, Instagram, Harpon Sports, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple, Podcast. Also, Harpon Sports Facebook page, Harpon Sports, the YouTube channel under the bar, and of course, HarponSports.com. Let's start off with the Florida Gators. And, you know, Billy Napier right now has a top 10 recruiting class. He sits at what? Five and four. Numerous times I've talked about building a culture. Year one, what was it? Establish a culture. Establish the ground floor. This is a remodeling job. Things are going to get uglier before they get better. Now, Brian Kelly came in and won right away at LSU. Billy Napier hasn't had that level of success. At Orgeron, you could say, had more in the cupboard. At Orgeron, did a better job, or excuse me, Brian Kelly did a better job of hitting the transfer portal. Plus, gang, I'm here to tell you this, and it's kind of one of those crazy things when you take a step back and think about it. Brian Kelly's one of the top five or six coaches in college football. He had Notre Dame in the college football playoff twice. Though they got whipped, but so does everybody else that plays Alabama and Clemson and that thing. Maybe with the exception of Ohio State. So, I mean, Notre Dame got there without an elite quarterback. Who gets there and has a chance at that thing without an elite quarterback? So, as I look at this, and I look at what where they sit right now, I thought if Billy Napier in year one could have a top 10 recruiting class and land a potential signal caller, it was going to be a good year. On the field, five and four. With the win over South Carolina, get to six and four. If they lose to South Carolina, beat Vanderbilt, they, they're going to go to a bowl game. Who knows where that bowl game is? You'd like to go to a bowl game. You know, I, I see Las Vegas bowl predictions. Uh, okay. You really don't want to go out there and run into like Oregon and get buzzsawed and, you know, 
maybe at the Gator Bowl, play like a Minnesota. That's fine. You don't want to play like a Penn State. You want a game that's winnable. But you also don't want to play Troy in Birmingham. So it's an interesting dynamic there. But Billy Napier landed a big one. When he was able to get Jaden Rashada to decommit to, from Miami and come to Florida, now he has himself, and depending on what recruiting site you look at, he's a top seven quarterback. He's one of the top seven quarterbacks in the country. Well, take a step back and think about that. You're landing a top seven quarterback. Think about all the programs out there that land top seven quarterbacks every year. And to get into that realm is everything. Now, I know certain Gator fans want him to recruit like Georgia and Alabama. That's not going to happen yet. Not the way he's doing it. He's doing a slow, he's doing a slow weight loss. Billy Napier's the type of guy that's like, I'm going to lose a pound a week. Coming up here in you know four months, I'm going to have lost almost 20 pounds. That's a realistic goal. Top five or top three recruiting class should be competing with Georgia. Now, now, now you're you're doing the fad weight loss diet where you lose 15 pounds in a week. That's not going to work. It's not going to it's not going to sustain. Just what he's trying to do culturally, trying to get the right people here. Because let's face it, you've had some questionable characters, but what program has it? But it, it, he needs to establish a culture, and he's doing that. That's why Jaden Rashada chose Florida. Why he flipped? He said Napier. You know, they talked to me. They kept on me always reaching out, talking to me more about football. If it should be about football, it should be about winning. Jaden Rashada made it crystal clear that it was more about football. It was more than football. That's what Billy Napier reached out on a human level. Florida, if they can have a top 10 recruiting class and they land themselves a top seven quarterback, you know, I think about elite programs, the elite quarterbacks. You know, Bo Nix transferred to Oregon. Uh, okay, but look around college football. Look what Alabama does. Clemson's struggling this year, but they're usually in that fold, aren't they? Texas has... Arch Manning coming in. Think about the job like Lincoln Riley's done at USC. Think about what Duggan and TCU with Sonny Dykes. I don't know if you call him elite, but he's putting together elite numbers. An athletic guy that can throw the ball down the field. He's in this realm. Jaden Rashada is in the, and I'm not trying to, I'm not overstating. I'm I'm probably overstating this, but the way he plays, it's more of a Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts type of way that he plays, although he's taller than those guys. So he got it done here. That was the one missing jewel. He hadn't landed the top 10 quarterback, and he got a top 10 quarterback. That's what you want. He did it. So to me, this is bigger than, with the exception of beating Utah to start and get things rolling, this is the biggest thing that he's done since he's come to Florida. It is. You land top 10 quarterbacks? Think about Florida's, you got to crawl before you can walk, right? So Florida's goal this year is probably go to a bowl game, Winning it, of course, but the winning record, they, like I said at the beginning of the year, they get to seven and five and get to a bowl game. Good. You get to that. Let's say they end up in the Birmingham Bowl or the Gator Bowl. You don't want to play Notre Dame in that thing, not the way they're playing right now. But let's say you end up in the Birmingham Bowl and you play Georgia Southern. I'm just, I don't know who'd even feed into that thing, Marshall. And you win. Okay, now I got a bowl. It's not the sexiest bowl, but I got a bowl win year one. All right, now where do I go? Now, how do I build? And you take that seven and five, eight and five, and then you turn that into nine and three next year. That's the type of thing that you want to do if you're Billy Napier. Now, Anthony Richardson, the, the best thing for Rashad, Jaden Rashada is Anthony Richardson to come back. The best thing for Anthony Richardson is to come back. Although, if they're saying top 15, first round pick, oh boy, I still don't know how that's going to happen because he can't throw the ball 40 yards down the field. But okay. Like, oh, look at this capability, ability to run. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes and those guys have that too in the NFL, Josh Allen. But they also have cannons, throw the ball 50 yards on the field on a dime. He can't do that, he just throws it down the field. Becomes Malik Willis is who Anthony Richardson is right now at the next level. May, may want to sit back and a little more seasoning for a year. But this is big. This is big for Billy Napier. 
And he's basically assured a top 10 recruiting class now with landing Jaden Rashada. Now there's some more work that he has to do, but he's, he's basically assured himself a top 10 recruiting class. I think I've already told Gator fans at the beginning of the year, how do you, be, how do you become a top 10, top 15 team? You land top 10 talent. So let's say, let's say for argument's sake, they finish 10. Okay, the next year you'd make a couple more moves. You bring a couple guys in. This crop builds you up. You finish in the top 20, top 15 in college football. All right, now you land yourself a top eight class. Okay, next year, 2024, 2025, have some more success. Get to 10 and 2, more competitive with Georgia. Maybe you beat Georgia right there in that realm. Okay, now you land yourself a top five class. That's the type of building, realistic building that Billy Napier is doing. So Jaden Rashada, the biggest thing that Billy Napier has done since, da-da-da-da, beating Utah way, way back in week one. All right, from that to this. Staying in the state of Florida, you know, we have the eyesore on I-4 down by Orlando and a big, ugly building. I still, I, I kind of know what they're doing with it now, but boy, oh boy. Well, it was supposed to be a religious center, just bizarre. Well, USF and UCF, although it's farther down, they have the war on I-4. And it's it's a it's a neat little rivalry in the state of Florida. National exposure, not quite there. Was there a little bit more when UCF was cooking, when Scott Frost was there, when Josh Heupel was there? But the talk now, you know, Gus Malzahn at UCF, he's establishing that thing, his own method of moving things around. And I, I think that you know they're an eight and four, ten and two, eleven and one program. Here he comes. He had to get some things, and they've struggled a little bit. Not well, struggled the expectations of going twelve and zero every year. But he needs to rebuild that, and he's doing that. Enter USF. USF, disaster, right? Trying to hire big-name coordinators. Uh, They tried to bring in Charlie Strong. They've tried all sorts of things, and it has not worked. Now, Willie Taggart did a nice job there. Was he getting them to 8-4? and Willie Taggart did a nice job before he left to go to Oregon, Florida State, and whatnot. But it just, ever since Willie Taggart left, it haven't been able to establish anything there. Anything. So the talk of John Gruden and Scott Frost, yeah. Boosters love John Gruden. They want John Gruden to stay. They want John Gruden to stay in the Tampa area. Well, she's going to stay in the Tampa area and run it, build it. Um, John Gruden means something to my generation, to the generation behind us, a little less. He's known as a broadcaster. My generation, I remember, was a Raiders coach who went to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl with the Bucks. The generation behind me knows him as a broadcaster. Generation behind that knows him as a failed football coach that got into trouble with the Raiders. So, you know, X's and O's and his ability and his knowledge translate. Is he going to be able to handle four and eight, six and six? Is he going to be able to handle that? Maybe. In the college ranks, maybe not nearly as much pressure recruiting. And at USF, you know, it's recruiting. He doesn't have to compete with the Georgias and the Alabamas. It's a different type of recruiting, right? And John Gruden can kind of look around and go, oh, you're unhappy at Florida State. Oh, you're unhappy at LSU. Oh, you're unhappy. Come here. What John Gruden would bring you is some cachet. Now, would you be the elite group of five? No, and we really don't have an elite group of five. Cincinnati, but they're joining the Big 12. Who's, so is UC, USF, right? Or UCF. So if you're John Gruden, you're looking around, okay, what do I do with USF? I've got Tampa. I've got this major media market. What John Gruden would give USF is a little bit of a wink-wink, eye-eye into what? The Big 12. John Gruden would bring the Big 12 into the fold for USF. It would. The Big 12, about ready to lose Texas and Oklahoma. What are they adding? They're adding BYU, adding Cincinnati, adding UCF and adding Houston, right? Well, UCF, USF, right down, the, could, could we do that? John Gruden would bring that cachet. I don't know if Scott Frost would bring that cachet. Gruden would. And now you're not going to add the program just for John Gruden. No, you're not going to do that. But as the Big 12 looks around and goes, okay, we're, we're, we're at 14 now? 
Um, we're at 12, we're 12, 14. Do we, do we want to add a couple more here? USF with John Gruden becomes extremely more exciting and interesting. Just do. Look at the job that Luke Fickle did at Cincinnati, made them more interesting to the Big 12. So that, that's the Gruden effect. Now, as I look at it from the Scott Frost perspective, obviously he had a ton of success in this state. He took UCF to new heights, and you talk about greatness. Think about this. The two former UCF coaches coaching in the USF-UCF rivalry in which the head coach at UCF, the biggest dark eye or black eye that he got was losing to UCF by the guy that now coaches USF. It's just crazy. That, that's if they go the Scott Frost route. Should they? I, yeah, both of those guys are fine, good quality candidates. They need to do something like that. Now, would Scott Frost want to come? I don't know. Seem to have success in the state. And again, you put enough dollar signs behind somebody, they're going to come. Now, to get Scott Frost, what are you looking at? I think you're looking at $4 million, $3.5, 4000000 to get Gruden. Boosters, we got the money, got the money. Okay, if you go at Gruden and you swing and miss and he wants five, five and a half, or five, and you swing and miss, or four and you swing and miss, what's Frost going to want at that point? It's kind of like when coaches swing and miss and they're, oh, we'll offer you $6 million a year. Okay, you didn't get me. Now we're going to hire or interview you. Okay, we'll offer you three. Wait, you had, I know you've got the money. You had six. Well, he's one more. It's still the same coaching position. That That's going to be the curve there. And those two are, if they land either of those guys, it's great. Gruden helps you national scope-wise. Big 12, that next step. You need to get in a big conference if you're USF. You do. Scott Frost may help you more on a football scope. But Scott Frost, see, here's the thing. If Scott Frost goes like, Eight and four, or six and six, eight and four, 11 and one. Somebody's going to give him another head coaching job. I think John Gruden may be, John Gruden's not going to go back to the NFL. He, he's pretty sad. John Gruden going to leave USF to go to where? Georgia Tech? It's, it's not going to happen. Nebraska? Not going to happen. So th- those things weigh out. But if they had either of those guys, good for them. You know, I did think about that. If I'd have told you five years ago, hey, the coaches at uh, the USF UCF rivalry are going to be Gus Malzahn and Scott Frost, you'd be like, Scott Frost never left UCF. Oh, yeah, he did. He went to Nebraska and Gus Malzahn got fired at Auburn and he came to USF or UCF. And now Scott Frost has worked his way back to you. It'd be great. Good for that rivalry. It's not quite, in, I, I kind of look at it I, and I wish my school would do this, my alma mater. I kind of look at what happened in. Central Michigan, where they landed Jim McElwain, he's a good coach. They're struggling a little bit this year, but he's a good coach. Couldn't handle the big, or didn't fit Florida, the big scope, too much. But there you go. I would love to see my alma mater at Western Michigan go pick up a Scott Frost or go pick up somebody that didn't work at a major program. It'd be fun. And coaches are taking jobs like that now. The schools can pay more money. And something can be said for being a head coach as opposed to being a coordinator. you got to run something. I'm always leery of hiring coordinators. I'd much rather have a head coach, somebody that's run something. All right, I'm going to wrap with this, the Rays. It's a Rays retooling, Rays reloading. Kiermaier option not picked up, $13.5 million. I get it. Um, gosh, I, I I look at all this. And he Cho, fourth, you know, you trade him for a guy that used to be a fourth-round pick, or that was a fourth-round pick. The Sam Hartman coming off Tommy John surgery. Who knows what that dude's going to be, but he's – Pitched a little bit. He pitched like 30 innings last year. He had Tommy John surgery in, what, 21? So it, here we go. They, they get a guy that they can figure out what they want to do in the rotation. And Choi was ready to hit arbitration for the fourth time. He was going to make, what, 6 or $7 million? So that was it. That was it. So they shave about $18 million in payroll. And this is what the Rays do. This is what the Rays do. And the model that everybody should follow is what the Braves did. 
And the Rays kind of did that. The Rays started that with Randy Arosa, not Randy Arosa, excuse me, Wander Franco. They started that with Wander Franco. And some people say, well, they need to get this done so they can get a big deal done with Arena. Well, maybe. Randy Arena is 27, 28. And the way that this is structured right now, they got four years of arbitration coming with Arena. So this year will probably make five mil, four million, five million. Next year will probably make nine, 15, 22. That's what, that's what they have. So why do a massive eight-year deal for 200 million with him or whatever he's going to want when you can basically sit around and do this arbitration game and do four years, 50, four years, 65. And then at that point, he's 31. And then if you think about the math on this, if you're doing 10 years, 200, or I can basically sit around or eight years, 200, I can sit around and do four years, 70. Is he going to be four years, 130 at the age of 31? See, if you're going to do the, the long-term Wander Franco deal, you basically got to get him when they're like 2021. 20, I look at some of these like Austin Riley with the Braves, 10 to 12. Yeah, that's a massive deal. And I get it because he's 21 and his earning value is going to hit arbitration at 23. Rose Arena's hitting it at 27 um, or 24. I look around, um, bam, bam, bam. I'm trying to get some other guys in here. Uh, was it Michael Harris? Eight years, 72 million. Just looking at some of these contracts that were done over, over, over time here. Um, the Wander Franco deal was 11182. That's a massive one. Very similar to Austin Riley. So if you can find that guy and give him that massive deal, that's fine because that's what the Braves did. The Braves just loaded and loaded and loaded. Uh, the thing about Kiermeyer is you have two guys that are considered top 20 raised prospects. Press you've got Lau, you got a Rosarina. Your outfield is kind of packed a little bit. Now it frees up some things. And I look around and you've got a couple guys coming up through the pipeline. Cam Missler. 16 home runs last year, double A. He'll be spring training invitee, maybe hovering around triple A this year. But that's a dude that hit 16 home runs. And the big one is Herberto Hernandez, who, ready for this? Last year hit 24 home runs and drove in almost 100 runs. He's first baseman outfielder. So that's another reason Choi can go because Choi last year, 7 million, or I've got Herberto Hernandez who again, maybe at triple A to start the year, but I've got this crop just waiting. So that's what look, that's where the Rays are. And the Rays have tons of shortstops. And you look at their prospect list and what they have at the minor league level, 20 guys, the waiting to come up. Baseball America has a great little rundown on this. I get it. Kiermaier fan favorite. Now look, it looks like he's gone and Kiermaier can land in a variety of places that need defensive center fielders. They give, that guy's probably going to get a three-year, $30 million deal somewhere. But what the Rays have coming up, the, the Rays the Rays window was two years ago when they lost to the Red Sox. They had a two-year run there, and that's just the way they're built. And look, people say, oh, that's not, that's not how a lot of teams are built with the exception of the Dodgers and maybe the Braves. Even the Yankees aren't built like that. The Cardinals are always there. But the way the Rays team is built, you, you've got to retool this thing. they got some good pitching coming up, and I... I get these moves. You kind of look around and go, oh man, fan favorite. Oh man, fan favorite. They've been around forever. Well, the Rays get these guys right up into the end and then they let them go before they become, what the Rays do is they don't get emotional. What do they tell you? Don't get emotional about housing. Don't get emotional about real estate. You overpay for a house because you love it. Oh, look, it's great. Can't get emotional about that. It's a business transaction. And that's what the Rays have done. And look, even big pro, like, like, was it Correa that the Astros let go? Because they had another young shortstop coming up. You've got to make those decisions. I mean, the Astros do that, although the Astros spend more money. But the Rays following this approach that the Braves made, you're going to have two, two of these young guys that are coming up through the minors pan out, then all of a sudden you give them Wander Franco-type deals, and you've got a core. So 
the Braves method's the right method if you're not a big market. And letting these guys go, it's necessary at this point. It's just necessary. No, you're not rebuilding. You still got to ace in the mound, right? The glass now. You still have, and you got two more years for him, right? You can hold two years in one you can move him, but two, and Franco coming into his prime or Rosarina, Lau, you, you still have a nice little core here, but got to make some room. So I, this year is going to be kind of one of those, oh man, transition years. These guys come up two years from now. Ray should be right back up there again. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Got to thank Coach Spurrier and Freddie Weeby for their HBC Bull shirt. Steve Spurrier, the only coach in college football, winning as coach at two different Power 5 programs. How about that? Thanks, Freddie. Thanks, Coach. Because uh, South Carolina, Florida coming up this weekend, right? Uh, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. At Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram. Um, auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast. The bar there, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel under the bar, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.